Well, welcome back to another episode of the Mag Life podcast. Today, I'm in Jacob Hepp. that? <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> Not me. It's such a bad name. Not me, but uh, I kind of absorbed the podcast because it was Daniel Shaw's podcast before, and then now it's You it's resorbed mine. it. Yeah, resorbed. There you go. Office fan. Uh, yeah, I love, I love office. Yeah. Uh, so we're here with Jacob Hepner in the Hepner barn. It's been an absolute blast. Yes, I'm really sore. We did, uh, we did, what, maybe like three hours worth of workouts yesterday? We, we worked out from, you got here by one, and we kind of set up, talked, chatted, got to know each other, you know, before I decided to try and murder you in the heat. I, I let it get hotter. I let, I let the sun bake the bar a little bit, get a little hot before we got started. And we worked out from about two to three, took a lunch break, and then we were out here from four till seven, teaching tackle game stuff and also yeah. doing stages and workouts. So it was, it was a long day. It was a lot, and I mean, I was sweating before we even got started. I'm sweating right now. Evidently, we brought the heat because it was like 80s. It was, it was like, real nice till we like, got here. It was like 80 leading the week, and I'm like, oh, he'll be fine. Then I saw the temperature. I remember texting you and saying, hey, start drinking water now because it's going to be hot. One step ahead of you. I was already chugging uh, the liquid IVs and everything before just to be as prepared as I could, but I also didn't prepare physically at all. That was a huge mistake. You kind of told me coming in that you were like, this is going to be hard, but I think we talked about it like everything we do is scalable. Yeah. So, like, if you're having trouble, we can scale. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So, in case you don't know, Jacob is an undefeated boxer, <laughs> a Tactical Games national champion, and former D1 football player, correct? Oh, I wish. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that, is that the one that was wrong? Close. Where'd you find that at? I thought you said that at I, some point. Oh, no, definitely not. So I played NAIA. Uh, so, it's like, it's like between D2 and D3, pretty much. NAIA. Okay. And uh, I never started. I was a special teams guy. I was the math geek on the team who definitely keep the GPA on the team high. And I tutored all the kids who were starters who sucked at math. Wow. So, yeah, I was uh, not good at college football. But I was on the team. Hey, that, that hey. counts for something. I wasn't on any team, so <laughs> it makes you feel any better. And I'm also not an undefeated boxer. So, <laughs> yeah, one and uh, zero, just to make sure. Yep. So. One and zero, sure, yes. But you did beat a Navy SEAL, even though, yeah, he was little. Navy SEALs are, are feisty. I lost know? some weight for that. He, I mean, I walk around at 195, 200, and he walks around at 165. I don't think he knew my weight before, the, oh, before yeah. he asked me. I don't think he realized my weight. And then when he figured it out, and I was absolutely okay with it. He was like, hey man, do you mind losing weight? And I was losing weight anyway, training for it. So I, got, sure. I think I got down to like 180. So it was, within, it was within 10 pounds, which is still a lot, but whatever. How did you even get hooked up with that? Like somebody call you and say, yeah. hey, you want to box a Navy SEAL? <laughs> no, no. So how it actually worked was, uh, so Josh, I've competed with Josh Bridges for many, many years in the CrossFit Games. And um, Josh had gotten into boxing. Um, he was a wrestler by trade. I think he wrestled in high school and he wrestled in college actually down the road at Lindenwood. And uh, was a grappler, um, but was not a striker. Had never taken formal strike, striker training for uh, boxing. And so he started boxing as just kind of like a, just a fitness regimen to like enjoy himself. At the same time, Dave Castro, who is our director of online programming, training, does a whole nine yards for CrossFit, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Kind of the face of CrossFit to a degree. He was also boxing, and they decided they wanted to box each other. And so they actually got on a card. They got on Eddie Hall and Thor were going to box, right? The yeah. heaviest weight uh, boxing champ, heaviest boxing competition in history. So they got on that card because the card was filled with a bunch of people who were not technically boxers by trade, but were like okay. quote-unquote influencers, whatever you want to call them. And um, 
Dave kind of last, not last, last minute, but kind of pulled out of the concept. I think it was kind of a lose-lose for him. Like it wasn't, like he probably wasn't gonna win and no one was gonna be on team Dave. I, I love Dave to death, but everyone was gonna be on Josh's side regardless. It's gonna be a lose-lose for him, but he ended up pulling out for whatever reason, which was, which was okay. And so they called me. They had another guy that also wanted to do it, kind of got down the road, then kind of pulled out last minute. And so I was a last minute ditch effort and like with six months left and I never boxed. So I learned how to box in like six months. It was cool. Well, I watched the fight and it was much more entertaining than the Thor fight. I'll well, the Thor fight, Eddie pulled out because he tore his bicep, right? Or yeah. tore something. And so last minute, within like a month, they pulled in, gosh, what is that guy's name? Uh, arm wrestler. Uh, um, Can't think of his name. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no. I it's on the tip of my British, tongue. British, I'm pretty sure special forces, special forces, British or a Canadian special forces. Super nice guy. Never had any experience boxing. Took the fight within a month. He wasn't gonna last a single round. Like it was yeah. just like meant to just be a filler kind of perspective. Right, like a tune-up almost. Yeah, it right. was just like, well, we got nobody else. Throw him out there, see what happens. He got paid good money, so. Yeah. Well, you're pretty involved in the the fitness industry. Obviously, that's kind of where you sort of made your name, right, with uh, CrossFit and everything else like that. Um, how'd you get to that point? Like what, what made you decide that that was something you wanted to do? Yeah. So, uh, I had an internship, um, leading into my senior year of college. So between my junior and senior year of college, I had an internship actually up the road here in Fort Leavenworth, uh, for, I was working as a DOD civilian for the army, um, and got an internship as like a math technician. They call it a math technician. It's essentially an, um, uh, an operations research systems analysis kind of guy. Essentially like we would use math to help them determine and make better decisions, inform decisions like, hey, what should we do? Let's use math to actually uh, model that up and help you make a decision. Like an actuary kind of thing? Kind of, sort of. Okay. Um, it's weird math crap. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. Terrible I don't, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so was working for them, going into my senior year of football, was obviously very in shape because of football, football shape, I should say. And, um, Someone I had worked with, a green suitor, uh, his name was Major Craig. He actually pulled me aside one day. He's like, hey, man, we do this thing called CrossFit. Um, you should come along and you try Because he knew I was working out and staying in shape for college football. He's like, you should come along and and try it. And at first I was like, kind of sounds like a stupid name. Like CrossFit, <laughs> like what is that? And uh, I, I did the, um, the thing you're not supposed to do where I agree to do something before you ask, well, what is it? Where is it? What time is it? Mm. And I go, oh, yeah, okay, sounds good. Let's go do it. And I go, what time is it? He goes, oh, it's tomorrow at like 5 a.m. I'm like, okay. Like, this is way too early. Dude. So I showed up. Uh, didn't really have any clue what I was doing. It wasn't really explained to me very well. Did this workout that had like rowing and toes the bar in it. Couldn't do half the movements. I never touched a rower in my life, nor had I ever touched my toes to a bar, you know. And I got done with it. And one of the guys comes up to me and goes, uh, hey, uh, you'd be really good at this. You should, you should compete in this. And I look at him and I go, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> like, what did we just do? Like, I tried to touch my toes to the bar, couldn't do that. Tried to row, Lord knows that looked awful. And uh, I go, I don't know what this is, man. He goes, hey, do me a solid. He goes, go back home uh, or go back to your desk uh, and start, search CrossFit games and see what it is on YouTube. So I was like, all right, whatever, dude. So I went back, searched it up, and watched and realized that there was, this was like an actual sport. Like it was a national worldwide sport where you could yeah. show up and compete in it. This is the early days. This would have been like, I think I watched a video from like 2012, watched Rich Froning uh, climbing ropes and doing thrashers or something, and realized it was a sport and quickly realized like, hey, when I'm done with college football, like 
I need something to be competitive in. Uh, and I think most men need something to be competitive in, right? I agree. I'm not taking it to my workspace because then it's going to be unhealthy work environment. <laughs> yeah. So I need something. So I, I started kind of trying that out more, realized I could be really good at this. It wasn't, um, it was essentially just a bunch of grunt work. It was like, how can you put your head down? Can you work? Can you shut your brain off? And can you program and spend a lot of time doing it to catch up? And so I was really good at those things. And just after time, started getting better and better. So. Yeah. So what was the highest point you reached in uh, CrossFit. CrossFit Games? So how our season works, just so you understand, is CrossFit is unlike every sport that exists where, uh, you know, you might, let's just say you like watching football, right? You like watching football. Okay. So, but not every person who's a football fan goes and does the combine, right? Sure. Only people who are interested in playing football or, or going to the NFL level will go to the combine to go for the scouts. CrossFit's different. So how the CrossFit season works is it starts with the Open. And the Open is usually February to March timeframe, every year. And that's the start of our season. And everyone in the world who does CrossFit does the Open. To include the people you see at the CrossFit Games. We all do it. So as a community, we wow. all come together. We all do the Open. The Open is usually five different workouts over the course of like five weeks. So be, they'll release one workout a week and they'll say, hey, Jeremy, you've got from Thursday when we release at like 7 o'clock till like Monday at seven o'clock to do this workout as many times as you want, but you have to film it if you're competitive. If you're not, it doesn't matter. But film it, we all do the same workout. There are scalable options to it, you know, like for older men and women or younger teens or whatever. Uh, and so we all do the same workout. And then at the end of the five weeks, then the fittest from that perspective from across the world go into next variations of the season. They go to regionals or semifinals. Okay. And then from there, the top 40 fittest men and women in the world go to the CrossFit Games. And that's what you see on ESPN or CBS or, or whatever. And so uh, my best placement would have been I placed sixth overall at the CrossFit Games in 2019. So sixth in the world. So yeah, sixth fittest man in the world. That's pretty dang it was, good. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool <laughs> year. So. To caveat that, that was part of what I, I thought I already knew. It's clearly I was wrong about the D1 football, but at least that I was semi-right. And that's why I'm like, okay, I want to go work out with the sixth fittest man in the world. In 2019, like, that was like what? <laughs> so what? Four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> As if like you've gone those yeah. crazy steep downhills. Mayday, mayday. No, I, I was... I was legitimately worried, but the way that you programmed it, I thought was was very well done. It's like a sign of a, a good coach to be able to challenge somebody without like really shoving their face in the dirt, you know, because anybody can absolutely get destroyed, yeah. but you're not gonna learn anything. Nope. So like scaling it to a level that is a challenge, but also kind of shows uh, room for improvement and ways to uh, to get better is... is Yeah, and that's how CrossFit kind of, that's like the... Um almost like the like motto of CrossFit is everything's kind of scalable. Like, you know, you might come in and you have a different life experience than me. And, and yesterday we scaled that workout and we got the, the whole goal is at the end of this workout, whether you're a 50 year old man or a 60 year old woman or, or, or me or whoever you are, at the end of the day, at the end of the workout, I want you to have the same amount of intensity that I put in. Like I want right. you to get the same benefit. Now, you might go faster, you might go slower, you might do less weight, it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, what we're looking for is at the end of it, did we get the stimulus we wanted? And so yesterday right. when, we, when I programmed the workout for you, I kind of, of course, had you row, had you bike, fix, tweak some small things, but then also talked about, okay, here's the stimulus of the workout. Here's what I want. I want you to spend no more than a minute or a minute and a half on this right. and a minute and a half here. And we were able to accomplish that. At the end of, at the, end of the day, the whole goal was like we had time on the burpees. 
um, to accomplish something and you were able to do that. So it was awesome. Yeah, no, is, is that what you do with, with grit sports as well? Yeah, so grit performance, grit um, performance is an yeah. online, yeah, you're good. I also played D1 football too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so grit performance is like my online program. I, I program for a couple different companies online. Which one of them is the tackle games, which I'm sure we'll get to. But from the grit side of things, that's only what we do is like a capacity piece. I call it morning mono. It stands for monostructural, not like mono, like you gave your girlfriend in high school. <laughs> Just to make sure you're on the same page. Yeah, of course. But kind of funny. But anyways, um, it's a capacity piece. All we do is very basic, uh, non-skilled, you know, rowing's kind of skilled a little bit, but like it's, we're not doing muscle-ups. We're not doing handstand yeah. walks, backflips and crap. Look, we're, all we're doing is things that everyone can do. Can you bike? Can you row? Can you run? Can you fall on the ground and stand back up? Hence a burpee. Sure, you can do this. And so that's what we did yesterday. It's like very basic. Right. We're just gonna sweat. We're gonna hate ourselves for 20 minutes. And then right at the end of it, we're gonna be like, man, that was terrible, but it was really fun. Yes, yeah, I mean, you said that this is gonna suck, but like a good workout, I guess, kind of sucks, right? Mm -hmm. So it's good and also sucks at the same time. So then you went from doing the CrossFit all the time. So were you picking up sponsorships in that or is, yeah, so um, I work with some large companies in the uh, CrossFit space. Obviously, the CrossFit space is the fitness industry, and mm -hmm. you've seen it, it has now grown more since I've left in 2020. I guess 2020 would have been my last year in CrossFit competing. But work with some large companies, was sponsored by Nike when Nike came into um, nice. the CrossFit space. That was, that was really cool coming in. Work with a lot of big companies, created a lot of uh, ideas, apparel in that space, and then... Um, yeah, kind of moved on to the shooting industry. So. Yeah, that's the next yeah. question. That's what we're here for. That's the fun stuff. Yeah, so what made you decide you want to start doing the uh, tactical game? Yeah, so CrossFit in general, like when you are trying to go to the CrossFit games, right, those expectations, right, like first year, rookie year is my rookie year is 2014, I go to the CrossFit games. Okay. And then now it's like, okay, I've made it. I should make it next year. I should make it next year. I want to do better next year. I want to improve next year, right? So there's always that concept of getting better every year, as in is there in every sport. Sure. And so <clears throat> along with that comes just the, your life revolves around that. You're not traveling. You are only focusing on that. And because of that, like CrossFit is not just like, oh, I'm going to be in the gym working out. It's now like I need to be up making sure I'm eating correctly at home. I'm sleeping correctly. I'm not traveling. I'm only staying here. And so your life pretty much revolves around, mm. as does any professional sport. And so I found like, man, my whole day revolves around this. I'm spending seven, eight hours a day doing just, I can't do anything else. And uh, kind of lost the passion for it around 2020. It was a weird year. COVID happened, of yeah. course. And then we, we weren't sure if we were going to have an actual CrossFit Games. It was just a weird season of the, of the year for everybody, for anything. And so I decided, you know what? <clears throat> I've kind of lost my passion for competing in this. Um, I should try something different. And around 2018, I had, as all CrossFitters do, I had, I had a gun. I owned a pistol. Couldn't tell you how to clean it, break it down. Hardly could shoot the darn thing or hold it. And like all CrossFitters do, I was like, oh man, <clears throat> I should do some fitness and shoot. It's like, because that's what CrossFitters do. So I started like working out and shooting my pistol, kind of like basic stuff, like just burpees and shooting. And someone kept, a couple people kept tagging me and messaging me on Instagram saying, hey, you should try out this thing called Tactical Games. And I was like, hmm. That sounds, I don't know what that is. I looked it up, and I was like, ah, I'm not really interested. Um, I'm obviously, it's like 2018, I'm still competing heavily in CrossFit. But I was like, you know what, I'll put on the back burner. Like, if I ever decide to stop competing in CrossFit, that would be something cool to try. And so 2020 occurred, and I decided, you know what, after my season in 2020 ended in like no, October or November of 2020, um, I decided, okay, I should compete 
I should try one event attacking him. Just try one. If I hate it, sure. never yeah. do it again. You know, give it a give it a go, good old fashion try, and then leave if I don't want to. So around um, <clears throat> January of 2021, I was asked to box and I was asked to learn to box. And then I was also decided I'm gonna compete in tackle games. So in 2021, I labeled myself as the most dangerous. A novice on the planet because I could barely <laughs> box, but I was just dangerous enough to box. You know, <laughs> yeah. I could barely shoot, but I was just dangerous enough to shoot, right? <clears throat> and so, uh, obviously pulled in a coach for for boxing, but you know, taught myself to shoot and boxed in 2021, and decided to kind of give it just a good old fashioned try on tactical games. So my first one was April, I think, of 2021 in Utah. Gotcha. How'd that go? I went elite division because uh, the for the, how the divisions for tactical games work is like. The shooting is norm normally the same. The targets are the same for every division, but the fitness gets harder as you go up. Like intermediate is like our scaled perspective. And then they mm -hmm. have tactical, which is a little bit heavier, but not much. And then they have elite, which is the heaviest. So in the elite division uh, ended up taking fourth place overall. The three guys in front of me are still to this day, some of the best shooters and best guys in our sport. And so I was happy with that. I did really, yeah. really well at the fitness sucked at the <laughs> shooting like showed up scopes not zero scope it, oh, mount no. is backwards everything's wrong um wow. but learned a lot and that was the whole yeah. purpose of it and, and really fell in love with the community the community of the sport reminded me of very early on crossfit very early on crossfit if you went to a local competition and let's say like we just actually did this right we just talked about how to climb a rope, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's say we show up to a local CrossFit competition and we have a rope climb in it. And Jeremy shows up and says, well, I don't know how to climb a rope. And you're trying to teach yourself, like early day CrossFit, people that are competing next to you would have been like, hey, I wanna show you how to climb a rope because I wanna see you do well in a competition. Even though yeah. we're gonna face off against each other, I'm probably thinking you're probably not gonna beat me, but like, I'm gonna help you that way you have a good time. Sure. And so the same thing happened in the tackle games. Like I showed up my first event, again, scope, mount backwards, had no clue about how to zero. The thing wasn't even zeroed. And I had a guy who's a good friend of mine now. His name's Sal Hernandez. He's a San Antonio SWAT. Helped me zero my rifle. Now, granted, I didn't hit anything that weekend. So personally, <laughs> I think he just was like, yo, I'll help you out, bro. Let me, <laughs> let me change that for you real quick. Um, but like had a lot of help from the guys in the community. Really fell in love with the community and how helpful they were and how they got behind you and they wanted to grow the sport. And so I really decided, man, this could be a sport that I could see myself continuing to compete in because half of it is fitness, half of it I'm good at, but now the other half, I have to learn something completely new, which right. is a, a skill that I think a lot of people should learn. Yeah, well, um, the first uh, like competition I ever went to in the shooting space was PRS Championship. And I didn't, I wasn't competing. Just thrown to the wolves. Yeah, I wasn't competing. <laughs> oh, competing. No, 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 okay. I, I wasn't competing. But what I noticed is that after somebody would get done with a stage, they would say the win calls to the next guy. Yeah. Like they want to get beat at the competitor's best. Yeah. They don't want to like try and keep, you know, maybe some of them keep it quiet, but the rest of them were all helpful. And like everybody that I talked to was like, if you don't have a rifle, I've got an extra one. Yeah. You know, somebody here has got what you need to be able to compete because they want to do the same thing. They want to yeah. grow the sport. Yeah. And when they win, they want to win not because somebody else screwed up, but because they were better than everybody else yeah. at their best. Yeah, so that's that's a good sort of community mindset to have in any sort of competition, really. But I see that a lot in the shooting sports side. Yeah. So um, that's good to see because I didn't really even know that there was separate divisions in the yep. tactical games. I thought it was pretty much like go there and if you can't lift that 300 pound bag, you just- No, so up. like yesterday we did a workout that had a sandbag over yoke, right? Yeah. And so if you came to me and you said, hey Jake, 
I'm gonna do a tactical games. Um, how should I approach this? Like what weight, like what division should you go? What I would say is uh, intermediate might be a little bit too light for you, but tactical, like right in the middle, I think would be really good. And elite's gonna be too heavy for you until you fix something. Now, obviously yesterday was your first day you've ever touched a sandbag. So yeah, can correct. you go back and improve it a sandbag? Absolutely. Sure, yeah, right? yeah. So, but like I would recommend if you were like, hey, Jake, I'm gonna do one. I'd be like, hey, let's go to the tactical division. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit above medium. Yep, yep. So it's okay. like, if it goes like, think about from a crossword perspective, if it goes scaled RX, which is prescribed, or RX plus, it'd be RX right in the middle. Okay. So the tactical division was actually created because they wanted an in-between division, especially for law enforcement officers who, you know, um, didn't want to do elite and then get wrecked physically and then have to go back and sit in a squad car or have to, hey, you know, Lord knows they depend upon their fitness on Monday or Tuesday yeah. and they can't for some reason. And now they're in the line of duty, right? And it wanted a little bit heavier than the intermediate division because they wanted to give them a challenge to, to a sure. degree. So that's kind of where the tactical division kind of was birthed from. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because obviously they have a real job to do outside of that, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you're sitting at a desk uh, and you're just a pharmacist, like, okay, you can be there and be sitting there sore. You're probably gonna be fine. But like, if your life depends on your fitness or your partner's depends upon your fitness level to some degree, I don't need you showing up and you can't run, your hammies are blown, whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the other part is, is uh, I don't really know what kind of gear would be required. So um, I've seen a lot of, I've, I've looked at a lot of the videos, most guys are running LPVOs, and, and I know some stages, you know, you're shooting out to what, like 300 yards? Four, 450. 450, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a pretty good yeah, distance it's, it's, without a workout. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Freestanding 400 yards with the LPVO we, after a while. That we supported. That's, oh, okay, that's okay. supported for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not shooting anything unsupported past 100 yards, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be tough. But like, are you, are you guys, uh, is, are there certain requirements that for you gear? have to have like like level three retention or yeah, something like good, that? Good question. So yeah, um, there, uh, for the pistol perspective, um, I don't believe there are any requirements, but because we do so much moving and, and crawling or moving equipment, Usually a level two is recommended. Okay. You can absolutely run a level one, but like, let's say you have a sandbag or farmer carries and they're by your side and you pick it up and your pistol falls out, you're done. DQ? Like, you're DQ'd. So yeah. like, like, and kind of we went over yesterday, like if you recall, like, it's not like USPSA where like, oh, you lost a half a second on your draw because you were slow. It's not a thing, right? Like, yeah. like yesterday, like you bite, like we actually had our pistols laying down, right? Mm -hmm. But like if you if the pistol's on you in your belt, you're gonna get there and be like, catch your breath and then draw slow. It's not like you're like trying to draw and shoot target really fast. Sure. Now we we do run two gun stages or, or fast USPSA style, style stages, but in the grand scheme of things, 70 to 80% of our score is not gonna come from that. So like it'd be better from a mental sake and like I feel safe as like I want level two. Yeah. Yeah, one thing like after I got back and I'm sort of laying in bed, I'm diagnosing some of the things that I was doing with I'm the shooting. I'm diagnosing. <laughs> diagnosing <laughs> things. Yeah, seriously. Um, that trigger, I'm used to a lot more take up in the trigger. So there was a Slack. couple shots where it startled me. You know, yeah. I was a little surprised. Like, oh crap, oh, I, I was not. Dropped it low for uh -huh. some reason. Yep, yep, yep. you jerked it real hard. And with that trigger, like, there's no excuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that should be... It's like the pinnacle of handguns, those, those Atlas Yeah, so works. I actually, when I first showed up, so we'll do a gear discussion here. <clears throat> when most people come to me, like you came to me, Jeremy says, hey man, I wanna do the tactical vision. 
Uh, I want to do a tactical games. I want to do a tactical division, like you talked about. Um, and this is what I have. You know, this is the gear I have. You know, I, I already saw your gear, right? So you had a you had a one by just the red dot on top mm -hmm. of your rifle, right? But you had an LVPO that you could install. Yep. It was a one by eight Vortex Viper, right? Correct. Yep. Perfect. Okay. And you have a pistol. You have a VP9 match. Okay. Cool. Um, with a red dot on it, which is perfectly yeah. fine. So for every division in tackle games, at least for this year, for 2023 so far, every division can run a red dot except for Elite. I don't know why. We run Amish there. We voted on it. We run Amish. So. What I normally tell people is when they see us, they see me compete or they see other guys compete, they think, oh, I have to have Gucci gear, right? Mm -hmm. Like, show with what you have. Show up with what you got. Don't go out and buy anything. Try with what you have. Because, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, you want to get good at the things that you carry in a day-on-day-out basis or sure. defend your house with or whatever the case may be. Now, recommendation-wise, for your rifle, definitely an LVPO. You're going to need a sling on it, an LVPO. I recommend at least a 1x6. Um, you don't need a 1x8. You don't need a 1x10. But a 1x6 is... Probably the, uh, what I recommend the minimum to have. Okay. Um, gonna have to have a sling on it. Most we kind of talked about this briefly yesterday. Before your rifle, we don't. You know, it's called the tactical gains, but there's no tactics in it. So like, run that rifle slick, right? Because we're gonna be running with this thing. Like, so we will run stages where it's like, hey, I want you to shoot a long course of fire on steel at long range, and then you're gonna throw your rifle in a ruck on with your vest, and you're gonna go run four miles with it. Like, you don't want to run any, with any more weight than you have, right? Yes. Like, you want that rifle completely just slick clean of everything, yeah. right? No lights, I don't run a whole lot of uh, barrier stops on it, or anything on there, I just run it completely slick, pretty much. And you'll see most of the guys at the top of the sport run that. And then for a pistol perspective, obviously mostly nine millimeter, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I recommend at least having a capacity of like 10 um, because we do shoot certain, we have specified loadouts. Sometimes we do shoot stages where it's like, hey, you need three by 12, three by 10 for your pistol. And so you don't really want to have to like count and load magazines randomly. So if you have at least like a capacity of like 10 to 12, you're kind of golden there. Um, you can run a red dot on the top if you want to. Um, you can run a compensator on your pistol. Oh, really? Yeah, you can run a comp on your pistol. You can't run a break on your rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, yesterday he's zeroing his rifle, and I'm standing next to him. Didn't even think I'll, I don't shoot next to people with brakes ever. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay, he's got a brake on. Put a suppressor on that. Thing. Yeah, brought it just in case. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Um, but from the pistol perspective, you can run a red dot in any division except for elite, which you you can. Um, and then for the gear perspective, for the rest of it, honestly, just a plate carrier. Um, I believe you run 15 pounds for men, and I believe 10 pounds for women, and it doesn't have to be ballistic plates it can be whatever you know whatever plates you want is you can put rocks in there for all i care as long as it weighs 15 pounds for, oh, okay. for you as long, slick 15 pounds so take everything off that isn't the vest you know then you're golden with that okay do you have because i saw you usually do like a gray one is that the uh the haley strategic no that's um actually uh lucas that's t-rex arms ac1 oh okay it's a swimmer cut um i found that most vests in this industry are you know obviously built from the perspective of protecting your body, mm -hmm. um, which that's the whole purpose of it, right? And I wanted something that allowed me to have movement, obviously, like a, sw a swimmer's cut, meaning I can reach certain range of motion, range of motion yeah. right? Because we'll do a lot of stuff where it's like, hey, we're putting something overhead, and so I wanted, I didn't want to be impinged going overhead with something, uh, and I wanted a full range of motion, and so yeah. it was the lightest uh, vest that I found. Tested a bunch of them out, and that's kind of the one I run. So, so yeah, you, you tested a bunch, like going through a... Mainly for CrossFit. I mean, because okay. what we do, like, I had, I've worn vests for years because of CrossFit. Obviously, 
5.11 tactical really started that off when we ran Murph back in 2015 at the CrossFit Games, and 5.11 put themselves on the map with those vests. Um, and so I've competed in weight vests for many, many years. Well, if, if a weight vest works well for CrossFit, it's gonna work well for tactical games. You just have to make sure I have some kind of mag retention on it. Sure, is all. yeah. Yeah, because I, I brought one from Prime Armor. There is, uh, it's in the car now, but um, I didn't weigh it. I don't know how much it weighs. I didn't know that that was like a, 15 pounds, a thing. Yeah. But um, I brought that same thing just in case if it, if it was needed. We didn't use it for, for the sake of what we were doing, mostly because we're just trying to keep it simple. and. Yeah. Just show, you know, this is the concept behind the tactical game. Yeah, so. I think people tend to overcomplicate training. Like, <clears throat> you know, we didn't, you know, if you watch the video, we didn't have any gear on us, right? Yeah. For rifles of the tactical games, we always have them grounded at firing line facing down range, um, which we did that today. It was not on the ground, it was on a barrel. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bend over <laughs> if they breathe too heavy. But our <laughs> pistols, we even have grounded too facing down range on a barrel because I just wanted, hey, keep it simple, right? We're going to do some fitness, keep everything off yourself. We're just going to do some fitness and we're going to shoot. People tend to overcomplicate things, and I was like, hey man, Jeremy's coming in. I just wanna nail down the basics, because like in the grand scheme of things, as soon as you add a plate carrier to your body, it changes your center of mass. It changes mm. how you, it should, it should change how you lift, right? Like if I'm gonna clean a sandbag, it's gonna change things. Why? Well, because the sandbag is off your body, if, yep. especially now, let's say you have rifle mags on there. Now it makes it even harder to clean. I was like, look, we're just gonna focus on basics of fitness and basics of shooting, so we don't need a weight plate carrier at all. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've tried to let go of, because early on in like the whole firearms uh, journey and getting into some of the more you know competitive side of things is I didn't even want to start until I had exactly what I needed. And it's a really good excuse to never get anything done, yep. uh, but you gotta get rid of that and just shoot with what you got. So when I first competed in Utah, I showed up with, number one, scopes backwards. Well, not backwards, the mounts backwards. Um, ran some conglomeration like Frankenstein rifle. I don't even know what the upper and the lower was. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter. It didn't hit anything, so it doesn't matter what it is. We're not gonna call it whatever company not. it was. Um, uh, I did have a one by four optic on the top. Wasn't very good. And I ran a, a Walter uh, Q5 match pistol. Just a, just a striker file pistol. Um, and competed with that for a while, got really, not good, but like really understood the basics with that. And then from there decided, okay, I love the sport. I wanna stay inv involved and invest in the sport. Okay, now let's slowly upgrade the gear now that I know what I need. Cause you see a lot of people that will come out with tricked out rifles and it's like, yo bro, the, the, the top guys in the sport have nothing on that rifle. They have a great optic and that's it. And a great trigger and that's it. Like we don't need anything else. So like mm. come out, I would say try one Talk to the guys around there. It's like going to a PRS match, right? Like, go talk to the guys that are there, figure out what you need, what they like, why do they like that, and if it fits your style, and then go build something you want to do. Right, yeah. I've got another question for you, too, because I know a lot of guys in the, or want to enter the, the fitness industry and the firearms industry don't really know where to start. They don't know how to get into it. I mean, even I, early on, I was just consuming everything, any bit of information I could find on any of it because there wasn't like a, a class that says, all right, start here, learn this kind of stuff, and then, and then <clears throat> you'll figure out everything else. Because when I entered, everybody knew everything about these guns, and, and I, just, I just didn't. So um, same thing when it, when it comes to the fitness industry. How do you turn that into a job? How do you start actually like making money, getting sponsorships and stuff like From that. From the fitness industry perspective? Is well, or in, in, in tactical games, because now you're sponsored by Magpul. Yep, and Atlas, and, Cobalt, yeah, yeah, a bunch of good companies. So, 
Um, it pays to be a winner, right? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. So, um, funny story. I love telling stories. Funny story. So, I obviously have. A, I came in with a brand already, right? So I'm a little bit different than everyone else because, okay. um, no. Sh I've been shooting since 20, like beginning of 2021, pretty much. I, that's pretty much. So I've been doing this for about two and a half years, right? And so. Came with no shooting experience, no name in the shooting industry, um, but I had made a brand and a name for myself outside in a different sport. So when I had transferred in to the shooting and decided to, uh, to, to compete in this, I had been hit up by a couple different companies. Magpul was actually the first one. Will from Magpul hit me up because he knew me from a different industry. Okay. And I think his thought was, which was a great concept, was like, hey, let's just roll some dice, see if he does well, and if he does, if he does it, he never does it again, <laughs> who cares? But if yeah. he loves it and enjoys it and tries to do well at it, well then it's a, it's a, you know, all chips on red kind of thing. And so, I was able to actually roll in and bring in some, a few sponsors before I even started competing. Uh, and I know that kind of irritated some people in the shooting industry, like this guy shows up and he's working with some higher name companies, but he's never even shot before, and oh, by the way, his scope mount is backwards kind of thing. But like, the, the concept was, and I understand that thinking, and I understand the irritation behind it, but the concept was like, I get that, but I have made a name for myself and a brand over here that you haven't done before. So now I'm just transferring my brand, well, that brand still exists, but like, yeah. I'm over here in a different industry now, I'm trying to, my name transfers over. And it's not like, it's not, you know, the grand scheme of things, it's not that far of a leap from fitness oh, yeah. into firearms. Like, no, it's, completely. it's pretty, pretty close. It should be closely related, and it is slowly getting better. So. I would say, yeah, CrossFit's probably the closest uh, yeah. type of sport to the tactical games. In 2013 or 14, one of the years, the winner of the CrossFit games was given a Glock. Did you know really? that? Really? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's a cool People game. hated that. I, and I, the funny thing is, you have to fact check me on this. I'm pretty sure the year they did that, the female who won wasn't American. I'm pretty sure she was Icelandic, and so she couldn't even take the pistol. Oh, like she yeah. had to like, I mean, they didn't give her a pistol. They gave her a certificate for a pistol. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, funny. so like CrossFit's always, obviously CrossFit was birthed because of, it came from the, uh, the military side, the SEALs kind of perspective, kind of they came from that area. And so it's always been very a very conservative kind of, gun, um, not focused, but like we're okay with guns kind of perspective sport. So. That makes sense. And I mean, SEALs are kind of in that same sense with like uh, a generalist in a lot of things, yep. like being able to do really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned that yesterday. It's like, but, uh, what, we, how did I say? we'll how run I a marathon. We yeah. won't win, but... Uh, we're mediocre at everything. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to probably go up to a marathon and win it. We're not going to win an Olympic lifting meet. I'm not going to win a power lifting meet. But I can show up and I'll be okay. Like I'll, I'll get basics. Things. I can do it, but I'm not going to win. It's like um, <laughs> the closest sport <clears throat> to a CrossFitter is um, a decathlon athlete. Okay. Right? They can do yeah. a bunch of different tasks. They're not, you can't put them in a sprint or a javelin throw or pole vault and they're going to win it. But they can not do specialist. Not a specialist. Yeah. Correct. So we're very GPP. We're very a generalist overall, general physical preparedness at a bunch of different genres. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to beat too. Because I mean, we we also mentioned yesterday that the <clears throat> the odds of you having to pick up something 600 pounds once versus carry something 150 pounds 400 yards in a life or death or military yep. sort of sense is. You know, it's pretty obvious you're going to need muscle endurance. Like, yeah, you need strength, but just straight brute strength with no endurance is not really as needed. Yep. So, like, from a from a mill or an LE perspective, like, 
Their programming should be how they are getting in shape for their job, should be specific to their job. But right. overall, it should be, like the overall concept is it should be general, but it should be specific to their job. Like, you know, from personal perspective, like, you, we actually talked about this yesterday, like how when you see active shooter situations on a body cam for uh, LE perspective, like, it's not like they're usually running 100, 200 yeah. meters to go to Before something. they even get there. Yeah, correct. They're getting into a situation of that perspective. And that's the same concept, like, that's how you should be training for it. Like, yep. Until I see a law enforcement officer run a 5K to go to a sh an active shooter situation, I would probably say running a 5K probably isn't going <laughs> to be too much. It's gonna, not going to be required. <laughs> now, is there great aerobic capacity you can develop that can carry over to certain things from running a 5K? Sure, but like I'm not. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, don't go run a 5K every weekend because it's going to make you better at your job. Yeah. Like instead, focus on what makes you better for your job and what does your job title entail and what do you need from that. And that's probably more than likely. 100 meter sprints, 200 meter sprints, change of direction, of mm -hmm. course, the, any kind of, of combatives in jiu-jitsu, jiu that yeah. kind of perspective is always gonna make you better for that job time. Yeah. So when you got into the tactical games, obviously the physical side was your strong suit. You were able to go out there and pretty much I was good at 50% of the sport. <laughs> sweep the floor. That was about it. How did you address building the shooting skill? Did you have like a mentor or <clears throat> is that just kind of like something that you researched yourself to? Yeah, to so. <clears throat> You're, you're like, oh my gosh, he makes so many metaphors about the crossfit, but that's all I understand. Is so like, <laughs> shooting has a bunch of different genres to it, <clears throat> right? Long range shooting, handgun shooting. Am I doing bullseye shooting? How do I transition between targets? How do I move and shoot, right? I mean, you can go on forever. There's so many different shooting aspects. Crossfit's the same. So like, if I'm gonna, if I wanna become better, like yesterday's workout, we rode, we biked, we did burpees, okay? Mm -hmm. If I suck at rowing, I have a couple different options. I can go find uh, a regular general coach who can coach me at rowing, or I can go find an actual rowing coach and go work with that person. Now, if you're at the top of the sport, you're gonna go find that, specific, that specialized coach and do that. I did the, kind of the same thing for shooting. <clears throat> how I addressed it was, <clears throat> sorry. How I addressed it was, I'm gonna go find those experts in the field, spend time with them, go to classes, and learn the basics of things. Because like, when you get into a CrossFit gym, you're not gonna jump ahead and be like, hey, I wanna, you know, I wanna get muscle-ups on a ring. I'm not gonna, you're not gonna come to do, the first thing you do is jump on a ring and do muscle-ups. You're first gonna yeah. learn, what is a hollow body position you need? What kind of hollow arch position do I need? You're gonna learn the basics of gymnastics and body awareness and body control. And it's the same thing for shooting, right? I'm gonna start with the very basics of, when I teach a snatch, I teach from the ground up. Meaning, I'm gonna start with what do your feet look like for snatch? What do your hips look like, knees, all the way up to what does you look like at the end of the snatch? Same thing for shooting. What I'm gonna address is, hey, what do your feet look like? What does your stance look like? Okay, let's work up. Now, what do your knees look like? Now, what do your hips look like? What is your core? Are you engaged, are you not engaged? What does it look mm -hmm. like from your shoulders, traps, all the way out to the gun at, at presentation? And so, <clears throat> I took <clears throat> how I would approach CrossFit, competing in the CrossFit games, and applied it to shooting. And I said, I'm gonna work on the mundane, you know, history 101 crap, the 101 class stuff. And then I'm gonna slowly add stuff in. And I'm, I mean, I would consider myself still 101. Like, all of us still need the basics. Um, and so I've slowly started learning and adding new things to my repertoire of what I'm decent at. Yeah, that's what I've heard from the really high level shooters is that if anybody tries to sell you like a, an expert or an advanced level class, it's probably the fundamentals faster. 
yeah. like super efficiently. Same with like CQB and anything else. It's like a lot of fundamentals really fast and with less margin of error. Yeah, you, um, all you do is breaking it down to atomic elements. You're just saying, yeah. hey, <clears throat> I'm doing a muscle up. There's a pull, there's a hollow position, there's an arch, there's a dip, there's a press out. Okay, I can break that into atomic elements and I'll apply it to shooting. What is, what am, if I'm moving with shooting, what is it? Break it down, look, what is it? It's a draw, it's a presentation, it's a sight picture, it's a trigger prep, and press and pull. Yeah. And so you just break it down to atomic elements and work on those pieces instead of the whole complex movement throughout. I mean, if I had to predict uh, your success, I would say that it was almost guaranteed because the, the concept, even within CrossFit, is incremental improvements yep. like adding more weight and getting faster time and if you know how to do that in one area and you apply it to shooting it's basically the same thing you just kind of need a program so um, I had never really done anything like that to to get um, data on a sheet where I wasn't tracking splits I wasn't tracking draw times so how do you know if you're getting better well you, you don't I mean you can feel like you're getting better sure. but until you actually start writing it down and and tracking it and you know reading books like you don't, you can learn a lot from reading books yep. and then going and doing dry fire and everything else but of course like um i wanted to show up to classes and be awesome already yeah but that's not really how classes work no. right but every class i've taken i have to think about less things each time yep. it allows your your mind to be more free to think about the higher level concepts that they're addressing with you right now so every time you don't have to think okay draw where my, my sights are aligned. Okay, slow, easy Found trigger press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A slow, easy trigger press. Once those things just become like second nature, then you can think about the other things on top of it. So it, it doesn't surprise me that you'd be able to do that in CrossFit and transfer it over, um, especially with kind of how you are as like a coach or a programmer in that sense. So um, I had a great time. I am very sore. But I like being sore, so uh, like we can do. We can go again if you want. I'll <laughs> coach. I, I ain't doing it though. <laughs> what I had to really resist yesterday was doing pull-ups on that bar and climbing that rope because I'm like, no, I need to. I need to save <laughs> I my, need energy. All my energy for this bike <laughs> yeah. and the sandbag workout. Yeah, because it's one thing to to do a workout with somebody, but it's another thing to have a bunch of cameras in your face that this is going to go online. So it's like, no, no, I need everything I've got. <laughs> This. Well, you did and well for still, your first time. That's the, that's still the really wasn't enough, but... Uh, what did I say yesterday that I, I said I'd say on camera? You sucked? No, that wasn't it. No, um, it was it something was, like that. It was, um, I've had, uh, I have people come to my property. I vet them first, of course. Yeah. Um, I had people come to my property that want to know more information about tactical games or fitness or whatever, and I teach. I probably have someone out here every week to every two weeks. Um, a group of people or a singular person in your case. And um, so I teach a lot. And out of all the people that have showed up, you obviously have a background in shooting, but you have no background in tactical games. Right. And the shooting we do for tactical games is very different than USPSA, right? And so USPSA is like two on target. If you shoot a Charlie, who gives a crap, right? Um, whereas we're like, hey, shoot this little circle <laughs> really far it's, away. It's all or nothing. Yeah, it's all yeah. or nothing. It's binary. And so... Um, out of all the people I've trained for tactical games, you actually shot, I think, and learned the quickest out of everyone else. If I had an award, I'd give it to you, but I don't. That's all right. You I, almost, you also were almost the first person to throw up in my barn, but you I, didn't. That so. was. I was actually kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> it, 
because I drank too much water too, so it's kind of weighing me down. I would have been able to sign the wall as the first guy. Yeah, but, my wife would have came in, but like, who signed the wall, the white wall with the black shirt? I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, he's never invited back. I didn't tell him to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, didn't happen. Got close, but I'm, I'm glad I was able to to keep it down. I probably would have been more embarrassing than passing out on the floor, which almost <laughs> happened too. But uh, Jacob, it was a blast, an absolute blast. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, let, letting us use your property here. It's a, it's a phenomenal setup. Yep. I'd love to have something like this. We have no public land uh, in Texas at all, so there's really like no option for this. So yeah. you'd have to buy a piece of property and you know be in the right municipality well, to make it work. When you move back to Kansas City, you got a gym and a range to come <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Anytime I'm up here, I'll definitely hit <laughs> you up you for sure for another ass whooping. Uh, but otherwise, thanks for your time. I appreciate you, you know, spending your weekend with us. We had a phenomenal time eating some good Kansas City barbecue. Mm. It's better than Texas barbecue. <laughs> but that pretty much wraps this thing up. Thanks for watching, guys. If you've made it this far, make sure to like and subscribe. Thanks for shopping with Gun Mag Warehouse. Stay free.